And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yosemite booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. Um, he's sick. My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows this kid is going with the girl who saw Ferris pass out at 31 Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. That's ESPN's Seth Wickersham reporting on Tom Brady's cold from the press conference earlier on Thursday. Welcome to episode 69 of Entitled Town, which is very appropriate, Scarcy, because I feel like we've been getting it from the media all week. The gaslighting is at an all-time high. Uh, the Wickersham nonsense is, is becoming front and center at just the right time. Strategery was used by the ESPN team to release this book leading up to uh, the Buccaneers-Patriots game. Well, I hope they actually sell some copies. It seems we just be giving it away to all the other, uh, all the other media types. There's, all I'm seeing on the screen is a whole bunch of pictures of people holding their, uh, holding their it's better to be feared copies. And well, I got to say, I'm, I've been trying to, I've been approaching this week, like looking at a solar eclipse. <laughs> you don't look directly at it. You just, you know, just a sensation of things. Yeah, it's and like it's like cleavage on Seinfeld. You just get a sense of it. That, uh, that's a, I think it's that too. It's it's uh, the metaphor works both ways with that. But it's it's it's, it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable, and uh, I'd say you know, I'd say I'm tired. But it's, you know, everyone's tired this time of year. But it's only week four coming up. <laughs> I've, I, I suppose it could be actually much worse if it had been later in the season. There'd been more buildup. Yeah, true. Aging and dog years at this point, Scartelli. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's well, thank goodness we have uh, the Today Show to look forward tomorrow morning, or whenever. Uh, well, we're recording, you know, the day before the Today Show, so and not to you know pull back the curtain. Yeah, Lester Pat, I'm really interested in what Lester Patrick's hot takes on what's going on at Gillette. Dan, uh, welcome back. Good to see you. Uh, you you've done a lot of deep dives on Wickersham. Um, what do you think it's of what's going on? The hype surrounding this book and the half truths and the playing of telephone as Mike on route one said in the last podcast regarding Wickersham. You know, the interesting thing with this is, uh, it sort of took over the narrative midweek, you know, going into the, going into this week, you had everybody doing the narrative of, uh, who was more to blame for the breakup and, and, and all the different accounts that were coming out. And then all of a sudden that the book teases came out and everything just turned completely to Wickersham. And what's interesting is that they're not really that compelling. They're not really that revelatory. I mean, Agreed. they had like five, they had five teases. One of them talking about uh, Eric Mangini almost getting, almost getting into a fist fight with Belichick back at the 2008 league meetings and, you know, this very highly public event, I don't know why that wasn't ever reported before, but even so, who, who cares? Um, and that some players were upset at uh, Belichick's letter of support for Donald Trump. And, you know, no surprise that's going to happen. It's very highly divisive political times, of course. 
Um, they had something that was supposed to be the big, oh, that we finally have the story of what happened with Malcolm Butler and why he didn't play in the Super Bowl. And it was something about he and Matt Patricia traded heated words at practice pre-Super Bowl. But, you know, it's uh, post hoc ergo propter hoc. Who knows if that was the reason why? Mm-hmm. And, and even um, Wickersham, when he was interviewed on NBC Sports Boston uh, a day later, kind of backed off of that said oh no 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 well he understands it was because uh butler wasn't locked in and there you, you could see the look on uh, michael felger's face he was crestfallen because he really wanted that that nugget um i think there were two other things oh the, the one thing that i think would be like the a big revelation was him saying that he that belichick and uh roger goodell are tight now that he gave roger this big hug and and lifted him off his feet if, if he has sources for that, that that would be a very surprising uh, revelation, given how much Goodell has personally uh, uh, damaged the Patriots reputation and, and, and Belichick's reputation. I'm sure there's nuggets of truth with this with this stuff. Um, the, the thing that jumped out at me was uh, there was a lot of consternation about Brady's exit last year in, in March of 2020 at the start of a global pandemic, I might add. Um, that Brady was upset regarding Belichick not being willing to see him again yeah. um, at the start of a global pandemic, and the decision was made at night. This is a, an audio of Brady on the Howard Stern Show from earlier this year. Again, Tom Brady. I was able to call Coach Belichick at the same time and thank him, and it was a great. I mean, I wouldn't have had it any other way. And That's it. Just a phone call. Part- just a phone call to Belichick. You don't get together with him personally, and uh, and and, and I sit couldn't, there and- you know, because I I wanted to tell Mr. Kraft, and then I, I had no opportunity to drive. You know, it was nine thirty at night on you know whatever night, Monday night or Tuesday night of of March, and there was no opportunity for me. But I wanted to tell him right away. You know, in the moment, because right. you know, too many times in this world. You know, I would say something and someone else would say it. And before you know it, he'd hear from someone else. I wanted to hear from me. How Were there I tears? Him, how I felt about, yeah, I was crying. I mean, I'm a very emotional person. Now, assuming that Brady would add, was at his Massachusetts house in Brookline, Belichick lives in Hingham. That's not exactly, you know, going from Andrew Square to JFK UMass, Scarzi. Um, I mean, it's, it's easily refuted. This is Dave Brown pulled up that clip. Inside of inside of five minutes, and in Brady's own words, so that that kind of casts again. It, it's not a good start for these clips with Wickersham leading it. It's not even it. It is salacious stuff, as Dan said. It's high school level. Uh, not insecurities isn't the word. It's just it's it's water cooler gossip inside your own office, just kind of pulling back the curtain on petty shit. Well, people people don't want to believe the uh, the refutation. We've got people, you know, this week who still believe that the Colts footballs in the AFC championship <laughs> game weren't deflated, which is almost a, almost an impossible thing to believe at this yeah. point, considering everything that has happened in the intervening years, plural years. But anything that, you know, puts, you know, either either Tom Brady or Bill Belichick or the Patriots organization in a bad light they're going to believe if it reinforces their priors. And uh, I'm this is, there's just so much going on. There's so much going on. It's, it, it's, it's too much, but we're going to have to, you know, get our way through it because there's actually going to be, you know, 
in the middle of all this hoopla, well, actually, I think, you know, at the end of all this hoopla, there's going to be a football game, which yeah. is going to be, yeah. which is going to be, you know, an, you know, it'll be a nice distraction. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing the, the football game, but I think we, part of what we do here is, is we call out the gaslighting and stuff. And so this is, again, it's a small point regarding the phone call versus meeting in person, Dan. Um, this is Belichick. This is Belichick, uh, the press conference on September 29th, uh, dealing with questions. And I, I find it interesting, first and foremost, and not interesting in the Ben Volan way, that he's kind of addressing this head on instead of, you know, we're on to Tampa Bay. Uh, this is Belichick at the press conference on Wednesday, the 29th. So it was reported this morning that um, he preferred to speak over the phone with Tom when he delivered the news he'd be leaving the organization in March of 2020 and didn't want to meet in person. Was, was that true? Yeah, that yeah, no, that's not true. And and I you know, I heard a few things about, you know, this book and sounds like it's a lot of, you know, second, third and fourth hand comments. So but I'm not gonna get into that. I'm gonna focus on this game and try to prepare for the Bucks. All right. So Belichick throws out there that these are second, third, and fourth hand comments. This is Seth Wickersham, uh, the appropriately named Seth Wickersham, as I always say. This is Seth Wickersham on NBC Sports Boston. Uh, the same day, obliquely responding to Belichick's claims that these are second, third, and fourth-hand comments. I'm told a very close friend of his, after that conversation that night, um, that you know he had wanted to say good, you know, goodbye to Bill in person. Bill was unavailable, and so they had to do it over the phone, and he thought that was telling about the state of their relationship. And, you know, that's a first-hand source. All right, well, maybe this... Count the lies in that seven-second <laughs> snippet compared to what Brady said on the Stern Show, Dan. It... And I mean, you can take, we can take those seven seconds, Zapruder the hell out of it, audio, if Zapruder was audio. Uh, it's, I mean, strike two there, Wickersham. It, it says so much about him, doesn't it? it he really doesn't know does. what a firsthand source is. I mean, for it to be a firsthand source, either he would have had to have witnessed the conversation himself, or it would have been Tom telling him. I mean, the, the friend that Tom talked to, he could write a report and that would be a firsthand source. But just by that very nature, actually, he has none in his book. He, he said that he had none of Belichick, Brady, or Kraft on record for the book. So just by that very fact, at the very least, everything that he has in the book is a secondhand source. We've got Brady on record on this podcast vis-a-vis -vis the Stern Show. Does that make us firsthand or secondhand? <laughs> I, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. He's, it's on record. That's a firsthand source, more than Wickersham has. Scartelli, uh, strike two. I, I assume you agree with me. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, it's like he has no journalism training whatsoever. It's, it's true. It's, you know, where's the, uh, the Boston media critic on this? Let's see where he is. I'm sure Chad Finn will be all over it. Uh, any any thoughts? Oh, go ahead, Scarzi. I'm sorry. That that oh, no. never fails to make me laugh. <laughs> it's it, it, it's a crowd pleaser. There's no yes, two ways about that. That's some terrific terrific Diddy audio. Rest and, in peace, Diddy. Well, I I think uh, I think Chad Finn would want to uh, would want to talk about this rather than talk about uh, his uh, employer's uh, baseball team gacking things up at the end of the season because they. He, he does work for the baseball paper after all. Well, he's he's going to write a really in-depth column about the 87 Donruss set and the rated rookies and the Diamond Kings from that year. Um, 
let's talk, let's talk, actually talk about there's a football game Sunday coming on. Uh, we had on a little earlier this week, Ian Glendon, um, who covers the Bucks for full press coverage. Um, the Buccaneers, the defending champions, their offense is, is loaded to the gills, Dan, with weapons. Uh, what do you expect to see? What do you expect to see come Sunday night? It's, I, I, I put out there that I think the Patriots might go full 1990 Giants game plan. Dave is getting erect as I discussed the 1990 Giants here, but I think they might go, you know, all defensive backs if they could, um, and just make the the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers don't have a great running game. Leonard Fournette is a is a, I heard of him of the highest order. Uh, Ronald Jones, Gio Bernard looks like he's hurt, but what do you expect to see Sunday against the Bucks on defense for the Pats? I'm not looking for something <laughs> all that attractive from the Patriots. I mean, I'll preface this by saying that when you look at the season in sections, we, we all know that the Patriots of December are going to be vastly different than the Patriots of, of September and October. I mean, that's true of any team with the exception of the Jets, but <laughs> They're right now at this point in, in time, they're they're not in the same classes as Tampa. So I don't expect much that way. And and the way that in the past you defeat a Brady team, we'd always we'd always see this, you know, teams that could we'd be watching these games and you could say, oh, this has that feeling of the type of type of team, the type of game where the Patriots could lose. And it was a team that could control the clock, limit the possessions, take what's given, uh, uh, short passes in the flat they can't do any of those things. They currently are unable until they get their offensive line issues taken care of um, and defensive line, as far as the, the run game, it's, it's, it could be a long night. Yeah. There, there was actually a book written about uh, stopping Brady's Patriots uh, from the jets perspective regarding Rex, Rex Ryan. It was called collision low crossers. And it was uh, talking about the jets at their peak, which is losing before the super bowl. And that's so jets. Scartsy, um, do you have a, a dull sense of dread regarding Sunday's game? Are you enthusiastic about it? it we discussed a little bit in the, last, in the last podcast how we th- thought we'd feel Sunday night, but how do you feel about the game? About the game, I well, we've got, uh, I've got some inside information. Rob Gronkowski does not wear rib pads, and his ribs are injured. And he didn't practice today. So it's possible he may not be 100% for the game, which would be good because he is a very good pass catcher. Furthermore, uh, old true. friend Antonio Brown may be active, but he did just get over COVID. Good points. So it could the, the passing game could be in a bit of a bit of trouble too. I think the I think our defense could uh, can perhaps uh, contain a, uh, a you know not uh, not a not firing on all cylinders uh, Brady offense. It and we just need to see much much fewer penalties, and yes. you know just you know absolute boneheaded mistakes being made on the field. Uh, it. Uh, it feels like it's week two as opposed to week four, I think, with, with regard to that. And it sort of is with the lack of uh, lack of the uh, preseason games and the lack of actual, you know, hitting during the, uh, yeah. the practices and the, uh, the, the camps and so forth and so on. And if, if, if anyone can figure out a way to 
win a, you know, what everyone considers to be an unwinnable game. I think uh, Coach Belichick or Bill to the uh, entitled town team here. I think uh, Bill can figure something out like that. I think it's, I think something that's been overlooked is that, listen, the offense hasn't been good so far. And to your point, Scartelli, uh, this is extended training camp early in the season. It's, they have a rookie quarterback, largely all new um, skill position players. I mean, Damian Harris has been in the program. James White was supposed to be cutting off the team, but now he suddenly morphed into the most important back that they have. So now you got to work in Stevenson, uh, Harris, figure out the defense, that sort of thing. And Dan mentioned earlier, they're going to be a much different team late in the season than they are now when they're kind of, uh, we're witnessing the growing pains live, Dan. You know, one thing we could say uh, also is that Tampa hasn't been performing like the team they were at the end. They're, they're, they've still got some um, slow start itis going on. Their defense is nothing like the way they finished last year. Their secondary is terrible. Yep, yep. And I think they've been having some injuries there. Uh, yes. And, and their, their running game. And Tom Brady has a cold. They also just signed the despicable Richard Sherman uh, to their roster. So if, God, if there's a God in heaven above, if Nelson Aguilar could leave him with burn marks over 80% of his body on Sunday night, that would make me very, very happy. Mike Lombardi was questioning that. He was saying, why are you getting a, um, a zone cornerback for a, for a man team? Oh, please let that be true. Let, let them send that. Everyone's been blitzing the hell out of Mac Jones. Let's please single up Richard Sherman on an island with somebody and let him, let him just get roasted. Boom, roasted Richard Sherman. But lots to go on. You know, what, you know what's kind of lost in this? Gronkowski, to your point, Scartelli, Gronkowski has largely been lost in what's going on here. He's arguably the best ever to play tight end. And it was a pleasure to watch him play. Undeniably a pleasure. He also screwed the Patriots pretty damn hard in the 2019 offseason, Dan, when he waited until after free agency, and I believe the draft, um, to retire, which really left the Patriots in the lark at tight end. And, you know, not, not that it would have mattered. Gronkowski wasn't going to get able to gain yards on one hoppers from the previous quarterback, but Gronkowski really did not do the Patriots a solid at all. Yeah. It was a, it was kind of a double whammy because so we waited. So when they were trying to be in the hunt for like Jared cook, um, he waited on that and then they were out of the hunt and then, then he uh, announced it after that. So they didn't know what they could do as far as committing of monies. And then the following year, when he comes out of retirement there, and all of a sudden that money goes back on the books, they were screwed again and they were forced into, into the trade. That's true. Um, he also, I mean, there was netting a fourth round pick Scartelli netting a fourth round pick for Gronkowski was, has been decried by some of the, the low information voters as you know, not getting enough return. But the, the fact of the matter is they actually did Gronkowski a solid um, when they didn't have to after he left them in the lurch. And they're just, Gronkowski actually had the leverage at that point, at that point as Dan just said. Sure, that's, uh, that's true as well. And again, you know, if, if he plays, it's going to be interesting to see if he uh, is being held to the Patriots Gronkowski pass interference rules or the uh, Buccaneers Gronkowski pass interference rules. Good point. Uh, listen, he's great. Brady's great. It's I, 
I, we made the point uh, when we recorded last Scartelli is that I, there's obviously no comparison for me. Uh, Roger Clemens returning with the Blue Jays doesn't really compare. Um, I really hope the Patriots can can move the ball through the air. I think there's going to be opportunities for them to do just that. Um, Sunday nights, I just I'd love to say that I just want this game to get done, but I think there's the very real possibility that next week, Dan might be worse than this one. Please talk me down. I I don't want to have to I don't want to have to you know place a call anywhere to, to help lift my spirits. So. That's what you're here for. Help me out. Are, are you afraid of all the Jack Easterby talk? Is that what you're getting Oh, at? God. Then we go into the Texans the week after that. You're correct. Uh, <laughs> actually, Entitled Town is going to have boots on the ground at the game on Sunday. Shaq is attending the game. So, Shaq, I know you'll be listening to this. And for the love, for your sake, I hope that the Patriots are able <laughs> to, cre- to create an upset. I'll, I'll talk you down. It's, it's, it's one game. They're going to come out of it either two and two or one and three. And that's as far as it goes on the record. And everything else is just static. Everything else is just noise. Agreed. Um, I'll, I'll get to a listener email early. Um, Vinny Jace, veteran in Town emailer Vinny Jace, sends an email to us that says, uh, and Mike and Route One would not approve of this. Vinny says that we could not block and Johnu Smith dropped three balls. I think Smith will be better. I pray for Trent Brown's speedy return. But given all of this, why do people want McDaniels to do rookie stuff quarterbacks have never done? And given the fact that we can't block, very astute, Vinny, we won't even be able to do. I know I'm rambling. I'm sorry. And this is where Vinny goes full Dan on me here. But a one in three start isn't the worst thing. It's not like a Belichick team did this and won the Super Bowl. So, Vinny, thank you for the email. Um, any last thoughts? I mean, we decided not to talk about uh, the, the debacle that was the New Orleans game, but thoughts on uh, Scartelli on Vinny's email. Oh, yeah. So, th- like I said, there was, you know, there was mistakes. There was <coughs> penalties. Coughing at was, the line of scrimmage. A- exactly. That's, you know, that's five yards and an automatic first down right then, right then and there. And you've got, you know, kicks going out of bounds, stuff that's two weeks that in never- a row. Stuff that never happens happens. So it's it it feels like it's been, you know, an extended, you know, opening night jitters for the first uh, first month of the season. And I and um we we've got uh we've got the possibility of getting uh Nikhil Harry back. He's you know active again and I think uh, he's yes. can practice and he can be you know added to the uh added to the squad within 21 days or something along those lines. If I'm reading, uh, if I'm reading the, uh, the rules correctly. And uh, I've, I've always been a big fan of him and I'm going to say this every time a bad call set back his uh, career so far. And I, 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 I want this, I want this, I want him to succeed. Uh, it's at the Sony Michelle level of delusion uh, for me with, you know, how the local media and the fans with a Z uh, approach the Nikhil Harry thing. I, I'm that's really good point, Scarty. Dan, um, thoughts on Vinny's email and uh, the re- impending return of the physically impressive Nikhil Harry. I'm excited about Nikhil. Um, you know, I think Vinny kind of talked himself into into where he should be on it. You know, the, it's just the one and three, just just like we said, one and three, two and two, and and you have to have patience. People just forget what it's like 
to witness something other than just unprecedented success. It's yes. welcome to what the rest of the league has all experienced. Yeah. You, you, you go back and you learn to, to grow with a team and see the players get drafted and, and come in and, and, and once they start to get it all together, you, you get the enjoyment of that. I'm ready. Speaking of Nikhil Harry, uh, the despicable bonesy Adam Jones and Christian Arcand, I want to thank Shaq for getting this audio for us. And for also, uh, we were given a heads up to this by listener email from uh, our buddy Jackson. This is Adam Jones and the completely detestable Christian Arcand celebrating Nikhil Harry's injury on 98.5. You know the rest. You know, the Nikhil Harry drop was just that it is bi- so abysmal last <sighs> night. And now apparently he's hurt. He's in a sling, which whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I screamed. I said, good. Get the <laughs> hell out of here. Good. You want to be hurt? You want to hurt yourself? Good. Leave. Did you, you ag- suck? Did you agree? <sighs> I will take I will take volunteers or anyone willing to hurt either of those two assholes. Scartelli. Uh, their own existence is painful enough. Good. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I would I wouldn't feel bad if they were to. Uh, get hit by a bus. Um, I'm hearing the same thing, caller. Dan, uh, you know, John is always arguing, brother John is always arguing that we're not exactly helping the cause by pointing out this this moronics. I would argue it exists to be mocked and it must be mocked. Where do you fall? I, I might fall on John's side. There's, it, it feels like a, de, like a debate every, or uh, where's your in, mute button in, in our turmoil every, every week. Like, uh, are, is anybody really listening to these guys or is it just us calling it out? But no, that's, it's despicable. We're, we're still doing a service. Okay. That's fine. Um, the last, the last, uh, listener email I have actually was a, a direct message to the entitled town account was regarding, uh, and I don't know if this is praise or the meanest thing that I've ever read regarding Entitled Town, but uh, at Victor Kayam on Twitter, there, there's the a start right there, but I'll just leave it there. <laughs> at Victor Kayam on Twitter sends us a message saying that he loved the pod with Mike on Route 1. You need to bring him back again. Very good. And this is where I do the Larry David gif. I suspect you, Scartelli, and Mike will be the new sports huddle in three years. If that makes me Eddie Andelman, this guy is sorry, Victor. That's some Bedard level hatred for me, Scarcy, for that. But thank you for sending that. I, I'm going to choose to accept it as praise. Mike was Mike was a terrific, terrific addition uh, for the last show. I think he was just talking about the uh, the enjoyable interplay that you had between uh, Eddie and Mark Whitkin, and who was the uh, third Jim man? Jim McCarthy. Ed? Jim McCarthy, of course. So. And I can recall, you know, lying down in front of the giant uh, radio yes, yes. with the fireplace going and listening to the sports <laughs> huddle growing up as a wee lad. So there's a, like we were talking about, you know, recency bias and nostalgia bias, you know, remembering <laughs> the, remembering the old sports huddle when, you know, you're, when you're, you know, of, uh, you know, school age. Eddie's, it's different. Eddie's fireside chats, right? Exactly. It's it's, it's uh, different. Call a fireside chats. Uh, <laughs> I think I know what I'm talking about there, Scotty. <laughs> know a little something about it. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> we are we are we are men of a certain age uh, uh, regarding that. Uh, did you, Dan? You had a chance to listen to the pod with Mike. Uh, 
please tell us that we're not Eddie, Mark and Jim, please, for the love of God. You know, that was before my time. I mean, I was around for it, but I've, I never listened to the sports huddle. I'm not, I wish I'd never heard Eddie afterwards. <laughs> but. Uh, in regard to Scotty sitting by the fireplace, uh, listening to the big radio, <laughs> in the words of our friend Snoopy, must be nice to have a fireplace. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was an imaginary fireplace, but it was very nice, just the same. Okay, very nice. Uh, <laughs> let's go to our final thoughts. Uh, Dan, we're... St- we're approaching the end of the week from hell leading up to Buccaneers at Patriots. Your final thoughts for the pod. And, you know, I want to point out that none of Belichick Brady or Robert Kraft have engaged in any of the rest of this. I mean, both Belichick and and Brady have, have uh, been interviewed, but nobody is throwing any lobs. The only people it's, it's either the media or in, you know, in some cases, like uh, uh, people close to Brady Guerrero and, and, and Brady's dad, but the, the three principles in this have pulled back. And I think they just want to have <laughs> just have a regular game and, and go about their business. Yeah, Brady actually uh, went out with Jim Gray. I don't have the audio for this, but uh, he 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 joked that his father does not speak for him. It actually the first time the first thing Tom Brady or Gronkowski has ever done to make me laugh. Uh, but <laughs> Um, he pointed out that he reserves the right to put his father in a home against his will if he continues to speak uh, without authorization from uh, Giselle and Tom. Scartsy, your final thoughts leading uh, for the end of the first week from hell. Oh, sure. I'm just going to trampoline a bit off of, uh, off of what everyone else has said here. Everyone was hoping hoping for a, uh, you know, a prize fight way in stare down between Belichick and Brady, you know, where, you know, there's a looking at each other and then someone says something and a, you know, scuffle breaks out and, and, and that hasn't happened because we're, we're, they're, they're professionals the both of them. And they're what's, what's the saying, ignore the noise. The noise is being ignored, even from the folks, uh, like, uh, like Dan says, we're only hearing from, uh, only hearing from the folks that are in uh, Brady's orbit and what do things in orbit do? They spin. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. You're right. Scartelli. They're looking for, this is going to be the second straight podcast. I've made a, a, a Rocky reference. The media is looking for clubber Lang to show up at Rocky's retirement press conference and screaming at, uh, at Lindy goes, you, Brady screaming at Lindy goes, why don't you come here with a real man? I mean, that's the kind of theatrics they're looking for at this point. Dan, before um, we sign off, um, you made the point uh, obliquely, but we've talked about it privately, that we've heard from Brady a little bit uh, vis-a-vis like previous books, that sort of thing. Certainly Bob Kraft has weighed in because he has this, this unyielding need to be liked like Michael Scott. We haven't heard from Belichick yet. So the, the, your two out of three theory I thought was interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, I was saying it's like... Um the Rashomon effect that they talk about in movies where, where you have the different vantage points and continually we've keep getting the, the story told by one or two of the vantage points, but it's never coming from Belichick's side. So it's, it's, you can always feel where it's, where it's leaning, like how the, uh, the Benedict book, the dynasty had a very Bob Craftian feel to it. Uh, the revisionist history, according Absolutely. to Bob, Bob Craft. And I don't know if we're ever going to get that that account. I don't know if we're going to get a, a Belichick uh, tell-all. 
but it, it, until we get that, it's it's it feels incomplete. I agree completely. It's and it will happen. Bill again, Scarzi, we're close friends. Bill is a fan of history. There's no doubt about that. He did the football life stuff. He did the NFL 100 stuff where he sat shoulder to shoulder with Brady for those who weren't paying attention and still trying to gaslight us and addressed him as the greatest of all time and threw uh, verbal bouquets at his feet for the pretty much the entire segment. Uh, Dan, well, is it wouldn't, that, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Belichick has, you know, the groundwork all laid out for the eventual, the eventual tell all the eventual, you know, look back at uh, yeah. look back at the everything from, you know, his, is whatever 45 years in the NFL starting back from the lions was where he started. I yes, think. Yes. Yes. Go straight to my Christian Arcand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> On that note, um, I, I will, I will leave it at this. I'm not looking forward to next week. The talk of will bill shake Tom's hand. Did they hug after the game? The same thing with Gronkowski, Antonio Brown. That's going to be the low fringing, uh, low, low fringing, low hanging fruit for the worst in Boston sports media. Um, this was fun, guys. Uh, three times this week. Uh, you're getting more for your subscription dollar from uh, the 15, aren't we, Scarzi? You certainly are, and we're glad to provide such content. The15net.com. Scarzi is the managing editor and lead columnist. Dan is at Patriots Daily and a, a contributor to uh, the15net.com. My name is Mike Irons. I want to thank Ian Glendon, Mike on Route 1, uh, Brother John, I want to thank you, Dan. I want to thank you, Scartsy, for helping me out this week. Um, Shaq please, for the audio. Please, uh, Shaq, thank you. Shaq is the executive producer of Entitled Town. He's the man who makes it happen behind the scenes. My name is Mike Irons. Please, Pats, please <laughs> help us out and never forget to turn off your radio. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.